Hi, I'm Mark Scott, Secretary of the New South Wales Department of Education, and welcome to Every Student, the podcast where I get to introduce you to some of our great leaders in education. Today I'm talking with Lisa Stepanovic and Peter Skinner, two of our principals in residence who have been doing some great work on our priority of ensuring that every student is known, valued and cared for. That's a phrase we talk about a lot in New South Wales education, every student known, valued and cared for. Lisa, we'll we'll start with you. What exactly is a principal in residence? Can you explain um, what's going on with that particular work? Yes, sure. Thanks, Mark. The principal in residence role was pioneered by school performance and has been in place since 2018. And Mark, it's really been an opportunity to bring field experience as a credible educational leader into the centre, coupled with on the ground knowledge of school operations and performance from a range of school contexts and to provide a range of strategic advice and support on key reform agendas. Now, Peter and I, our specific brief is to lead the strategic direction, as you said, of every student being known, valued and cared for. And this role has involved unearthing best practice by visiting a range of diverse schools and speaking with students and school leaders to identify evidence-based practices and initiatives that have had the greatest impact on student wellbeing outcomes. Now, Mark, the professional benefits have been significant. Uh, The firstly, being able to contribute to the development of policy initiatives and support materials that have enabled school improvement across the entire New South Wales public education system. To be able to represent school performance and to provide contextual advice and feedback to key stakeholders has been great. And that has been across the education cluster. And this this role has really enabled us as principal to gather our learnings from our colleagues and develop and scale solutions across our system. And this has resulted in rich collegial and insightful um, approaches to influencing a system-wide improvement led by us as principals in residence. So um, you were previously principal at Milpera Public School. Why did you respond to this uh, opportunity when you saw it advertised? I saw this as a great um, opportunity because of the diverse schools that I have been um, privileged to serve, Mark. This has been something that I thought I could um, add value um, to the the broader system, bring my um, experience of classroom practice, um, leadership, and ensure that um, I have that school-based voice um, to support and really be um, one of the champions of uh, supporting the collective um, input of making a big difference to our system. I saw the strategic um, direction of every student being known, valued, and cared for, something that's close to my heart and my educational philosophy. So I felt that I could um, contribute broadly, learn lots from my colleagues around me, but but ultimately have the biggest difference to our students that we all serve. Now, Peter, you're the foundational principal at uh, George Bass School. I remember coming and visiting you pretty soon after I started at the department and spent a great morning there. It's a school for children with an intellectual disability. It's a K through 12 school. Uh, You came on board also as a principal in residence. Tell us a little bit about the the work that you've been doing um, to try and develop almost our understanding and to provide tools for principals to ensure that every student is known, valued and cared for. 
Thanks, Mark. Yeah, look, Nainvaid and Ked for it's it's a really exciting um, field of work, and I think it's one of those things that really speaks to everybody. So, as Lisa said, um, the opportunity to work around um, this this field of work that is just so inspiring around Nainvaid and Ked for um, is one that neither of us felt we could give up. Um, we were lucky enough to follow um, principals in residence who worked before us, and and kind of. Um, Cloud the ground, as it were, in terms of known vet and care for, and explored what that meant and what that meant for for schools. Um, and they separated it out into nine domains, um, each underneath known vet and cared for. So they separated it out into um, around the known, around relationships, and how important relationships are for all of us in the work that we do, and how that deep knowledge of students and having that link is is so important around attendance and how, how knowing a student, your student and students in your context really um, can um, be enhanced by your deep knowledge of students can, can enhance attendance. Um, targeted professional learning and in that sense, not targeted professional learning around curricula per se, but around how we can learn more about the students that we serve. Uh, value, um, we see student decision-making as being a big part of that how students feel valued in the settings they enter in each day and how um, students having an impact and being able to make a decision um, really gives them that sense of feeling valued. Um, that sense of vulnerable students, and both Lisa and I are really interested around vulnerable students and who is seen as vulnerable, because we know there's that, that sense of, you know, a traditional sense of vulnerable students and who that can be. But I look at, I look at my own children sometimes and I look at their education and I think, you know, when you get a report sometimes that, that, that is a little bit consistent or you, you can't see a real difference, you think, well, you know, that student sitting in the corner, sometimes they can be a little bit more vulnerable if we're not listening to their voice. Uh, and personalised learning. And, and there's a really intense sense of personalised learning in some settings. And you talked about the setting you visited with me at George Bass and how personalised learning is so intense in a setting like that. Um, but personalised learning is important for everybody. And that sense of how do we personalise uh, based on everybody's strengths, weaknesses and learning styles and how we can do that better for each and all of our students. And cared for is that last, that last area. Um, student health is a big part of that we, and we know that. And again, a little bit similarly, there's, there's intense levels of student health that, that we address each and every day, but how do we do that for each and all of our students? How, we, how do we address student health and enhance that? Transitions, again, we know there's key points of transitions for each, adult, each and all of our students throughout their school life and throughout their journey, but there's smaller transitions um, throughout our educational journey as well. Um, even moving for our high school students from one class to the next is a, is a significant transition. For some of our students, it's, it's particularly significant. Coming off a playground into a classroom is a significant transition, as well as moving between primary school, high school, coming into, coming into school, and even, as you know, that, that post-school life that we all have to transition into. And then there's that sense of school environment. And we're really interested in that and being able to visit different schools across the state and see how schools have been able to contextualise their sites and, and make their students feel like they're really part of that school community by enhancing the school environment is, has been really interesting. A story that I think of quite often around this whole this whole field is we went out to do some visits near Tamworth and uh, we visited Moonby Public School, uh, a small school um, out, out that way and we talked to some students around what known, valued and cared for meant for them and we met a, a young Indigenous boy, I think he was in year, year two or year three, Lise, mm. uh, and he said to us, uh, I, I really like my goals, you know, I really like my goals, I like talking about my goals with my teacher um, because I, do, I get one, I smash it and then I get another one 
And, and we had a big discussion about that as we were late for the airport after that meeting, because it was hard to leave. Uh, and, and we said, look, there's got to be examples of that across our system. Things that just work for kids and that, that people talk about. So that led us to to want to really collect those examples and, and develop the, the platform that we're going to talk a bit later about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the platform uh, in a minute, but it, but it's been interesting. I, I remember, you know, the, the, the history of this. You know, it came out, nine they didn't care for as a phrase, came out of a discussion that we were having with the then, you know, Dells about what do parents look for in education and what do parents most want for their children. And I think there's no doubt that parents want their kids to be improving and to be learning, but at its very, very core was there this sense of that, that their child would not be lost at school, that, but would be known, uh, known as an individual, known as a young person. and and valued and looked after, loved and, and just nurtured, uh, like known, valued and cared for. And that's what every parent would want. And, and the trust that we have as a parent to hand that child over to the school, just wanting for that commitment to the child to be as strong, as engaged as we would want at, at home. We, as we say, you know, we stand in those footsteps of those parents when we take over that responsibility. But one of the really interesting things, I suppose, as we, as, you know, because it, it's a phrase that uh, rolls off the tongue well, you know, known, valued and cared for. We all talk about it a lot. But I think one of the things that I learned from particularly the teach meets uh, that we ran in the department and you guys were involved in running for us um, was a sense that you don't get to know and valued and cared for incidentally. You're not going to create an environment where every student is known, valued and cared for by accident. You're going to need a strategy because schools are big, complex places. And one of the things that I could see, I think, is that you could create an environment almost instinctively or naturally where many of the kids were known, valued and cared for, but, but not that every child is known, valued and cared for. And I think that's part of it as well, that no one is lost, no one goes missing in our system. So Lisa, I mean, part of the work you've done is to go and create this kind of platform, which provides case studies and advice for schools so that they can have their own strategy so that they can know every student is known, valued and cared for. Tell us a little bit about how the platform works and, and how schools can use it effectively. Sure, Mark, and, and you're spot on with that. How do we know that every student is being known, valued and cared for? And the word every um, is significant in that space. And Peter and I had a really true reflection. We wanted to see and put together a resource for school leaders um, and, and all you know, school teachers, etc., to see what it is that makes the biggest difference. So the Every Student is Known, Valued and Cared For platform that goes live in week nine is a hub of resources that that are separated into the nine themes that Peter went through earlier. We wanted to um, have significant um, programs and practices that were peer reviewed. There are initiatives that support wellbeing outcomes for students and schools tell us that these work for every student. Now the guide is structured using the nine domains that is referenced in the Every Student is Known, Valued and Cared For toolkit. And it has the following structure. It has a suite of programs and practices and strategies. Schools have told us that these work, these make a difference to every student from primary school all the way up to high school. There are links to the development of the departmental policy 
policies and resources. We have clearly written student outcomes that, that classroom teachers can utilise when they are engaging with these programs and practices. We have identified targets. We know that schools are going uh, through the process of uh, having and writing their, their targets. And these will enable schools to identify elements of growth and achievement in the areas of known, valued and cared for. The targets are written there, Mark. This also uh, supports schools, as we know, um, who are um, embarking upon the School Excellence in Action journey. Um, the idea is that it ties in where schools are at with the school planning process and complements it. It is the bridge between the situational analysis and the strategic improvement plan. We feel schools will be able to embed these programs and practices. The language is all in the one-stop shop in this one place for schools to be able to utilise in their school planning process, as I said through their external validation process as well. The language is all in there. Um, and also the school um, reporting process that takes place annually. We've put the language in there that supports um, the outcomes for students, the targets and the programs initiatives. So we really feel this, this will um, nicely support schools in their school planning efforts. And that's of course a big focus of the system. Over the first couple of terms of next year, and schools have already done significant uh, preparatory work for that school improvement planning that they're doing. And, and one of the ways I've always thought about this is really when it comes to you know hierarchy of needs, um, you know, a child feeling known, valued, and cared for—that's very foundational to their learning. We've just got to get this right, Peter. I mean, you've you've been to lots of schools. You've referenced that. Lots of schools will have, um, you know, programs and strategies. You go to schools, there, there's strong collective efficacy evidence in schools from time to time, and you see um, a, a focus around a program they've developed. What, how did you go about looking at um, what schools were doing this area and then working out um, where the evidence was that was really making an improvement and making a difference enough to kind of make the cut of, of what it is that you're now going to put up online um, uh, for this end product that schools will now use. How, how did you work out what was really working best out there? Yeah, and look, there was, a, there was a careful process around that. Our initial visits to schools um, were, were pretty broad. We visited around uh, just in excess of 50 schools when we went out, when we went out and that was via um, executive director um, suggestion. We, we made that um, pretty clear in the first instance. We wanted to get a good spread of schools as well, as, as Lisa covered earlier. We wanted to make sure we covered primary schools, SSPs and, and high schools in those visits to schools. And we collected that, that range of resources uh, based on those visits. We thought that kind of wasn't enough um, to just say that, yes, these resources are, um, are out there. We looked at some consistencies between settings where, where a resource or an example or a program existed in, in a number of settings, we thought that would be really useful. So we used that as a kind of a, um, a validation of those programs. But then we worked with um, groups of principals and groups of school leaders. Uh, we invited a number of consortiums of principals and school leaders here um, to Parramatta to work with us over the last really 18 months. Um, we worked with a group of SSP principals, a group of primary and a group of high school um, to work on those programs and, and validate and see if these programs also worked in their settings, um, whether they suited their students and whether they could be contextualised across. Um, once we'd met with each of those three groups, 
um, we then sort of, we thought, well, there's some, again, further validation of the programs and practices that were in place. Um, we started the development, the writing of the program based on that collection. Uh, but we then thought, well, who are, who are our, um, who are our people that we're really speaking to the most? And we, we recognise that really that's the students. If you're talking about every student being known, valued and cared for, we've got to get their, um, their views in on this um, field of work as well. And we know, as we said earlier, um, student voice and student participation is a, is a large part of students being known, valued and cared for. So we, um, we put a, a briefing out there to schools and we asked for schools to, to come in um, to, to meet with us and bring groups of students in. So we had again a group here at Parramatta of in excess of 50 students who unpacked the resources, who either gave a tick or a flick to the, the resources that we were talking about in terms of what they liked and what they didn't. Um, so in that way, we created a triangulation of ideas. Um, the ones that we really liked and the ones that were consistently approved are the ones that then uh, featured on the resource that we've created. And, and Peter, given your background uh, is in our schools for specific purposes, schools that cater for young people with intellectual disability or other additional learning needs, uh, you'll have been focused, of course, on making this kit, this material, very applicable in all the settings we have in New South Wales schools and for all the students we have in our schools. Yeah, that's been a big focus. Um, as you'll recognise, uh, uh, Mark, in your visit to George Bass, a couple of years ago, we have our students within our system who require an intense level of support. But similarly, we, we have some students within all, within all of our settings that require an intense level of support. Um, over my in excess of 20 years in an SSP, we, we hear um, a constant voice from my colleagues around the development of resources and, that, and things that come out. And uh, the leadership within schools in my type of context, constantly talk about wanting to be built in, not bolted on, and wanting to be part of the process of the, of the development of, of every strategy that exists within the department. I'm really proud of the language that's coming out of, of our department at the moment around that inclusion is, is a practice, it's not a place, and that inclusion can be anywhere. Inclusion can be um, in every classroom across our system, and I'm really proud of that language. I'm really proud of the way the groups that we, we formed together that I talked about a little bit earlier, um, really tried to think of each and every student that could be in our classrooms in the development of these resources. I think you'll see, um, as Lisa alluded to earlier, there, there are a number of targets within, um, within the platform itself. I, I believe there's 90, mm, Lisa, if yes. that's right, mm. 90 targets. Um, and in the writing of these targets, we've tried to make sure they're general enough for each and every school within our system, whether it be an SSB, hospital school, um, juvenile justice centre, high school, primary school. We, we know we have a number of school types. Each of these school types can pick up a target and say, yes, that suits my context. Um, and yes, that works for us. So my experience of working in an SSB um, has helped in that regard. It's helped me be able to be able to at least get, get our colleagues together and have this discussion. But um, it's also helped be able to contextualise that so that it's it's meaningful to each of our settings because we know our schools all do, do different things, but our, our targets are the same, particularly around known, valued and cared for. Yeah, and, and I, I must say of all the language in our strategic plan, um, this is the phrase that gets quoted back at me more than any other. You know, we want to ensure that every student is, every young person in our care is, is known, valued and cared for. Because I think it goes to the, you know, intrinsic work 
the staff in the department kind of that that drives them I and mean, this is where we start to create that environment where a child is confident and a child is secure and a child can flourish um, and that all the other growth can come on the top of that fabulous foundation so so the the kit is done it's kind of finished and ready ready to go it'll it'll be there just for the final weeks of term but i suppose you're expecting that that early in term one as schools do their planning and their thinking through around their improvement strategy that that the the project work that you've created will be a central part of the planning of schools yes and we think that this new tool is is the how um, to getting there and um, when we peter and i have reflected we feel that this um, resource has a nice link to the what works best document in terms of having high expectations for our students the collaboration that's been a part of making this document but also that will be um, as schools implement this that the strong sense of high expectations and collaboration between our um, school leaders and educators we feel that this will be the resource that schools um, have to support them with that now mark you say um, you know we support um, those who teach and and those who support us who teach we feel this document can be um, for all of our um, educational colleagues um, throughout the department and this this document too also goes to the heart of why are we doing this important work and how are we going to see the biggest impact for our students and ultimately every single student primary high school ssp hospital school um, juvenile justice center being known, valued and cared for. Well, thanks for, thanks for your great work and your passion around this. It, I mean, it's clear uh, the, the intellectual and kind of emotional commitment that, you, that you've, you've brought to it, a real passion that, that this is so important for every young person uh, in our care. This needs to be the hallmark of a truly world-class public education system. And as I've said, we've talked about it a lot, I think we've tapped into the expertise of schools that are doing a great job. It's been wonderful to see some of the forums that have been pulled together where we've been able to learn from great case studies in different schools. But now you've brought it all together in one-stop shopping on the uh, department's website where our staff will be able to access that material and be able to think it through most appropriately in their context so that we can, um, you know, I just want to be able to stand up there confidently. In fact, I think this is the the context that it all originally came from when I asked the question, could I stand up and tell the parents of New South Wales that every student in our school was known and valued and cared for? Could I say that? And then how would we know that that was true? And so, you know, that's what your work is all about, to make sure that every school is engaged in this, that our visibility is on every student and hand on heart, we can make that commitment to the parents of New South Wales. Thanks for your leadership. Thanks for uh, being principal in residence uh, with us, Peter and Lisa. And thanks for joining us today on the Every Student Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Share your views on the Every Student Podcast by taking part in our short listener survey. Head to education.nsw.gov.au forward slash every hyphen student hyphen podcast. And thank you for listening to this episode of Every Student. Never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice or by heading to our website at education.nsw.gov.au slash every hyphen student hyphen podcast. Or if you know someone who is a remarkable innovative educator that we could all learn from, you can get in touch with us via Twitter 
at New South Wales Education on Facebook or email everystudentpodcast at det.nsw.edu.au. Thanks again and I'll catch you next time.